Ciao a tutti. Welcome back to Rediscovering Italian America. My apologies for the big absence. I have had a couple major changes in my life. New job, uh, new couple of other things around the board, and I recently got back from Italy going around the country and visiting my grandmother's village in Vasto Gerardi, and I've now returned. I have on today's episode, Ron Lemo, as he talks about the impact of his father, Vincent Lemo, on the Italian-American community in Stark County. I just want to draw your attention back to a previous episode where I talked about the gods and goddesses of our family. Vince Lemo is a god of the Stark County Italian-American community. Mr. Festival, as what he was known as, was part of a small group of people that started the Italian-American Festival in Stark County. Without his passion for his culture and what Italian-American means for his family and what it meant to his community, his character within our community would not live on even to this day. As Ron talks about his father within this episode, I've flown back to what it means to be a representative of our community. It's not just about being Italian-American. It's about how we leave a lasting legacy for those to latch on to and carry on into the next generation. I've been lucky enough to know Ron Lemo via his wife when I was a student in high school at Kent McKinley High School. The Lemo family has a huge backing and supporting of the Canton Bulldogs for a long period of time. Football here, or as we all know it, the home of the Football Hall of Fame, is longstanding. And Vince Lemo was always there on the sidelines supporting his Bulldogs to the to the touchdown every single game. Have a listen, and I hope you enjoy Episode 7 of Season 2, Characters of Our Italian Community. Bienvenuti, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I have on Ron Lemo, the son of Mr. Festival here in Canton, Ohio, Vince Lemo. He's going to talk about his roles within the Italian-American community here in Canton, Ohio, and the legacy he left behind. Nice to have you, Ron. Nice to be here, Emma. Yeah, so t- tell me about your dad. What what kind of a man was he, and why was he Mr. Festival? I don't know if man is the right word, but more of a character, I think, uh, than anything with dad. Uh, he lived to be Italian. You know, if you weren't Italian, there was, had to be something wrong with you. If you didn't like Italian food, had to be something wrong with you. Absolute you know? sin, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so... We grew up in an Americanized family, but yet we knew about our Italian heritage. They mm-hmm. wanted us speaking English, uh, made sure we went to church every Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if he wouldn't go, he'd drop us off at church. He made sure that. Uh, you know, most men, though, I have to joke, um, because I see this within a lot of the communities. The women always went to church with the children, and the men went to church in the piazzas or in the streets. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I have to... I always see that with a lot of the Italian men within the community. <clears throat> but go on, go on about your but, dad. Uh, but as a young age, you went to weddings all the time. Oh, and yeah. They were the Italian weddings, so you... Uh, Dad would have you sit close to the band and listen to it. Uh, 
Uh, I'll tell you one story about it. I played the accordion for about five years. Mm-hmm. And I would have to sit in front of the TV when Polka Variety was on. Oh, yeah. And when the commercials came on, I had to play in a, a, a polka or something for it. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he just lived for the Italian music. He lived for the whole Italian heritage. And out of that, eventually, when he retired and he was trying to uh, fill that void of what to do, evolved the Italian American festival festival with a group of guys. My father was no more important than any of the other guys, be mm-hmm. it Armin Pleggi, uh Jimmy Tortora, I could Yeah. All those guys. That- you know, just to back up a little bit, I um on a previous episode for those who are listening, I actually interviewed Armin Pleggi's wife, Frances Pleggi, who is unfortunately no longer with us. So these are the the gods of the Italian community here exactly. in Canton, Ohio. Exactly. And they were the people oh, that still really embraced the whole Italian heritage. The whole country has become more of a a mixed pot where we don't, you know, when I was a kid uh, and I was dating a girl, my grandmother would say, is she Italian? You know. <laughs> Uh, uh, is she Catholic? Uh-huh. Uh, what part of Italy is she from? And you say, ah, Abruzzia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's a no good. You can't be from <laughs> Abruzzia. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we were so provincial. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, you're not the first one I've seen that, too. Uh, you know, well, I, I'll tell a side joke. Um, uh, it, it's ex- Looking back on it, it's extremely racist to even think of this, but my, um, my grandmother's sister asked me one time when I dated a boyfriend for the first time. He's like, is he Italian? I'm like, no, Aunt Mary. And everybody has an Aunt Mary in their family. Oh, absolutely. Well, what is he? And I'm like, well... He's Japanese, and she's like, "Those people bomb Pearl Harbor," and I'm like, "Jesus, Joseph." Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, no matter what it was. Yeah. If you're not it, like, there's nothing better. No, that's then that was dad. Yeah, you know, our topic yeah. here basically is dad. Yeah, if you weren't Italian, you were you were shortchanged in life. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but go on about your dad. Well, we started to talk about that's how the. Italian festival came mm-hmm. about. And the one thing dad did that I don't think any of the other guys did, who did so much too, dad lived the festival every day of the year. There was only one bigger event in the United States in the Italian American festival in Stark County, and that was Mardi Gras. You know, <laughs> next to Mardi Gras, our festival. Uh-huh. And that's just what he believed. Uh-huh. And he promoted it uh, that way. And he was so responsible for getting seed money to get this going. Mm-hmm. Now, all the Italian organizations all chipped in. But Dad went out and then twisted the arms of all the Italian businessmen. Who I think after a while, one of the guys says, I know when Vince is coming. I just shake my head I know it's going to cost me a thousand dollars. Oh, geez! <laughs> so, Dad was yeah. great at getting the seed money. Yeah, you know yeah. that's what he wanted. He never really wanted to be president. He wanted to be that grunt guy to go out there and do all the work. You know, uh-huh. and, uh, behind the scenes, uh-huh. the presidents and all those uh, do a lot of work. But, uh-huh. but yeah. Dad, there wasn't a better megaphone for the Italian American festival here. 
Where t- did it originally start at the festival? Because I know it's been located all over the place. Well, in it started Australia. downtown. Okay. Okay, and uh, I think we had about three or four years downtown. It was really great, open. You know, everybody could walk in and all that. But things changed where they thought they had to more privatize it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then they moved out to the fairgrounds mm-hmm. and stayed out there for a number of years until I think it became a little bit too cost prohibitive. And to get, we were, as dad always said, they were running out of the Italian entertainment. Uh, you know, everybody knew about Dick Contino and mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Rinaldi, the, the accordion player. But there wasn't a feeder system coming of more. So you had to then think about uh, people that were big names. Connie Francis. I remember one time Be- Debbie Reynolds came. Yeah. And we yeah. Got, I think they got her at a pretty good price. But it got to where they couldn't afford uh-huh. $25,000, $30,000 to bring somebody in for a day. Mm-hmm. And that really hurt. So we, before you knew it, the... Uh, the climate of the festival started to change from just Italian to more of other things too. Uh, I and I think that's a lot of what we're discovering as uh, yeah. as this as our generations move on yeah. that we're losing a lot of what it means behind these festivals. And right. I and I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Right. It's it's a festival now and a good festival. Yeah. The people work hard at it. But I think we've lost a lot of our heritage through no fault of the people running the festival. Yeah, yeah. But through just how people, even our Italian community, as the younger people come along, we're not as... I was kind of, in a way, uh, I don't want to say segregated from the outside. Everything we did on weekends was with Italians. yeah. You know, it was picnics or dances, like I said. Uh, I've touched on this on many other episodes. Assimilation um, is a good thing when you were trying to, you know, become a part of a community, etc. But it also can dilute cultures. Yeah. And with that, we have my generation or the next generation that is struggling to find out what it actually means to be who they are. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad to hear you say that more in your generation than mine. Mine started to get away from it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was the, the whole Vietnam kind of... Uh, it could be could, a lot. I, I don't of, yeah. know how much nationality... Yeah, yeah. Uh, pr- pride, I should say, that we had in our heritage. Mm-hmm. And I think that your generation now is trying to re- retrieve that. Yeah, and it, you know, um, uh, there was something that was written one time um, that they did my grandmother's village that uh, they said, um, you know, you had the new and next generation of females who no longer have Italian last names. Like, I'm Italian-American, but my father's Irish-German. Right. So my last name is Coleman. Is that Italian? Yeah, well, no, it's it, like, so you're even losing it by that as well. Right, right. And, uh, you know, my mother is the last person with the last name Bardelli. No longer will there be another Bardelli, Bardelli. In, this, in this area. And that's kind of sad. It is. Because with her, when her time comes, then there goes the legacy of the family name. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's all over the place. 
with how things are, are slowly disappearing or melting into that pot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. So. Yeah. So, what is Mr. Festival? Uh, you know, I love, because like honestly, I, everybody knew your dad. Uh, before I even got to know your wife through high school, I knew who your father was before I even knew who you were. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny story when you, when you say that. I remember one day my cousin and I and my father were standing out at the fairgrounds. Yeah. And this girl says, I've been watching you every year. Can I have a picture taken with you? And Emma, before you knew it, there was a line of people. And we were there a half hour. And uh-huh. of course, my pop was in his glory. Oh, yeah. Oh, getting yeah. pictures taken. And the young kids, more in your generation, mm-hmm. wanted their pictures taken with my dad. His, his outfit. Yeah. Everybody because, knew who he was yeah. because of the outfit. He looked like a walking Italian yeah. flag. And he, yeah. And the thing about dad, whether it was the festival or life, Pop woke mm-hmm. up in the morning with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He was ready to go. Uh, one of the notes that I made about my father from the past, Pop never talked about death. He just worried about the next day and what they were going to do. And he, he just, death wasn't part of his preparation at all you know he you know i i went to his calling hours and i have to say i saw um um the card uh, was it the battle of the bulge yeah that he was in mm-hmm. um what do you think with his experience with world war ii and many of the great battles well believe it or not yeah. it was he loved general Patton. uh-huh okay and he he was he was a mechanic on Patton's uh jeep yeah, uh, and dad, dad was a uh, uh, staff sergeant yeah. mechanic in in, yeah. the, in the service. But I remember one day asking dad. I said, "This was oh, I might have only been about thirty five, forty years old." I said, "Pop, you never talk about the war." Yeah. He goes, "What's there to talk about?" He goes, "Dead people on railroads, trains being being carted away, and bullets going by your head that you hear." He goes, "I don't have any good memories." Yeah. Uh, whereas my uncle, who was in the Navy, he couldn't wait to go to the next reunion. (laughs) My dad wanted nothing to do with the service once a week. But as we got older, that's all he wanted to talk about was Uh marching 25 miles, you know, with a backpack on. And I said, Pop, let's go out and walk a little bit. He go, I walked in the, (laughs) I walked 25 miles. I did enough walking. Yeah, I did. That's exactly right. But he, he came to really appreciate what went on in, mm-hmm. in, in the war, and he had a great uh, uh, admiration for his his superiors. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about General Price and, like I said, Patton. Uh, but in general, it wasn't a good time for mm-hmm. my father. And I, even as a kid, my, my father would say, hey, if you get drafted, you go, but don't you enlist. You know, and it's just tough times that he just remembers bad times. And my father always wanted, when it, it, something bad was happening, he didn't want anything to do with it. He he would kind of like shut it off. He'd be in denial about it. I, I think he's not the only one. I've yeah. seen that with a lot of people of that generation. But yeah. when the guys would talk about, jo- you know, joining the VFW and all that. No. He'd rather join the McKinley Booster Club than he would join in the VFW. But yet... He's proud that he served in the service, mm-hmm. 
and, and he had, you know, he had some nice accommodations, uh, but he doesn't have a lot of fond memories. He didn't have a lot of fond memories. Something I like to touch on, because growing up, um, I learned a lot of the, um, I, I'll call it race, racism against uh, uh, Italian-Americans, etc. And a lot of what uh, going off to the military and also not getting involved in things that weren't uh, from that had a racist connotation to it. Uh, did he ever mention anything to you of experiencing uh, certain events like that? Well, he he would just say in general, as my mother yeah. would too, that, hey, don't think it was easy being Italian mm-hmm. coming to this country. And And dad had a lot of cousins who became doctors and that who changed their name. Interesting. And I've, that's not uh, the only time know, I've heard and that. And God yeah. is far away from the Italian names because they knew it might might be hard to be successful. Yeah. The, the Italian community took care of the Italian community yeah. at one time. But you needed more than that to be successful. And you couldn't live just off the Italian community. Mm-hmm. So he would tell me that a lot of his relatives changed their names or shortened their names as... Yeah. Greeks have done. Oh, yeah. You oh, know. Yeah. Uh, Americanized their name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they more or less uh, Americanized their name. So, yeah, that was... Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've come to find that that is uh, one of the sticking points to the assimilation. That as we get going and this generation slowly disappears, we have to become less of the community and more of everything else. If we're the melting pot, yeah, that, that, that's what yeah. we have to do. And I know that some people reject that. My, my father would, re- would be the total opposite. It had to be all about Italians, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just the way where Pop was, you know. Um, you know, you talk about the McKinley Booster Club um, and your family's uh, legacy within that, too. Uh, touch a little bit on the McKinley Booster Club, because I know on how yeah, you guys well, have been involved within the sports and everything as well. Well, Dad was a, a, at least 60 years, maybe more of a season ticket holder for McKinley. So we... We went to all McKinley sports, yeah. And I, yeah, I think one of the proudest times of his life was when our son Aaron played football on the state championship yeah. team. You know, he he couldn't brag enough about him. You know, uh, I'll give a little bit of the listeners since uh, here. So Canton McKinley versus Maslin Tigers. It's yeah. the only high school football team a game that you can bet on in Las Vegas. Right. It is one of the longest running rivalries right. in the United States. Right. And, um, you know, here in Canton, we also have the home of the Football Hall of Fame. So football is yeah. Canton, yeah. Uh, et cetera. So, you know, when you have Canton McKinley versus Maslin, yeah. and you uh, Canton people can't go to Maslin. I, I don't go over to Maslin too much. <laughs> I can't really... wear orange yeah. because McKinley's red and black. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are the things. And, like, a lot of the Italians, too, yeah. went to Canton McKinley versus, like, the regular people went to Maslin. Yeah. The, the McKinley, Canton McKinley was a centillion behind the Italian-American festival and dad's. Dad would, McKinley could be being beaten 35 nothing with, with a 10 seconds left in the game. Yeah. He stayed to the end. Figuring, and I'd go, Dad, we got beat last night 35 nothing. He'd go, yeah, but 
I'll bet that other team is sore today. <laughs> so he always he always put that spin on it yeah. to, that that yeah. made his bulldogs look yeah. good, you know. Yeah. And, and of course, as an Italian, we grew up as New York Yankee fans mm-hmm. because the Yankees had all the Italians: Yogi Berra, Cassetti, uh, uh, Lazzari. All, all uh, they were all the Italians liked the New York Yankees. They were be- your idols because of that reason. Yeah, and Pop was right running. You know, yeah. Joe DiMaggio was, uh, uh, you know, his, his favorite player yeah. next to me. He, he, I could do, I could do no wrong in in, yeah. in, in sports yeah. with Dad and, uh, to a fault, really. <clears throat> Well, uh, you know, with someone who is such a an avid sport fan, I think he all he wants is to see their kids enjoy what they're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what, Pop? Uh, another thing I tell you about Dad that was a different, I think, than a lot in in, in our culture. Pop never told me what to do. Mm-hmm. He, you figure it out for you. If it, that's what you want to do, when I when I uh, transferred colleges, he never asked, "What are you doing." Mm-hmm. He said, whatever you think is best. Mm-hmm. And uh, in life with my wife and I in a marriage, never never got in the middle of anything, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, mm-hmm. always appreciate him for that. He he trusted what I was going to do with my life, and I'll always appreciate that, you know. He, he gave you guidance. He would tell you something, but he wouldn't harp on you, which I know a lot of people in our culture. Oh, yeah. You know, if you don't do it their way, but. But Put that the wasn't thumb pop. down on you. Yeah, that wasn't pop. I I have to ask this question because I ask a lot of people. When was the first time that you realized you were Italian American? <laughs> I I don't know if I ever remember not being Italian American. You know, I'm as far back as I can go. You knew you were Italian, whether it was Sunday afternoons at grandma's after church. Yeah, going down to Kent City Bakery to pick up. Rolls to go uh-huh. over to Grandma's, who she lived next. I don't remember ever not. How could you not? How? I don't know many Italians that could cannot remember mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being uh, Italian. You know, mm-hmm. it was just it was it was part of our lives. And uh, um, I always like to ask too. Um, Anything, uh, before we go back into uh, to the legacy of your dad within the Italian-American Festival in Stark County, um, i like to touch on this. What advice do you have for the assimilation or the rediscovery generation on trying to rediscover their heritage within these places where it's now more difficult to find out what it means to be Italian-American? Well, I think the biggest thing is to go back and read a little bit about our history mm-hmm. of the Italian people and, and coming over here and how we bonded together, whether uh, they formed a neighborhood where there was a, a shoe repair guy, so you went to him. There was a grocery, you went to him. Go back and read about how our, how our heritage grew to what it was. Mm-hmm. And we were very instrumental in the building of America. And my father always pointed that out, too, you mm-hmm. know. I know there's jokes out there about uh, the Italians built America. Well, literally, we they did. did with their labor, Yeah, you know. And uh, they go back and appreciate what our people before us did to come here and make a better life for 
for, for all of us. I think that, learn the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you'll get a better appreciation. I think there's a little bit more to the culture than Olive Garden, Pizza Hut, and Papa John's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the men would work hours upon hours to make life better and to save money to bring another uh, uh, another ancestor over from Italy, you know. And I can remember, oh, Emma, it, um, in Philadelphia, my, my uncle was a very prominent Italian man over there. He was considered like the godfather of bocce, too. Mm. But... He would sponsor people to come to, over from Italy. Mm-hmm. And when they got their citizenship, the parties we had and the crying, mm-hmm. it, it kind of chokes it, me up right now, that it was so important uh, to become a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. and how hard, how hard they worked to save money up to bring a relative over here and then save more money up to bring the relatives wife over here uh, and, and the kids. It was many times these men came over without their wives to establish themselves uh, and then bring, then call for their family. I think you put something true, so center to the culture. Family is everything. So yeah. it's, I'm not going to save money to be, uh, you know, yeah. buy a big old house, everything. Yeah. I'm going to save money to bring my family so that they can be here with me. Yeah. They can be here to support me. Yeah. We can work together and uh, create the stream for the next generation. Yeah. My, my father did a good job of explaining the plight of the Italian uh, people coming here. I I hope I passed it on to my kids, which I think I have. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has done that. And I think that's what your generation has to learn. They have to learn what it meant to be an Italian, what it took to be an Italian, and then pass it on to their kids. That's the only way um, uh, a culture, I think, survives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, If you lose track of the history... So with um, with that there, coming back to your dad so that we come full circle, yeah. um, with the passing of your dad a couple years ago, mm-hmm. what does his legacy mean to the Italian-American community here in Canton well, for you? Here's one thing. You came to me and wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So obviously you knew about Pop, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was through your affiliation uh, with my wife and and, yeah. and and from the beginning. But everybody knows, uh, anybody that was really involved in the festival year in and year out, I'm, I'm sorry, he was Mr. Festival. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he, he carried that with him to the day he died. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the day before he passed away, and he was doing fine. He was reading an old program about the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, I have pictures of him at the nursing home of showing the program to other people. It was his life. Yeah. You know, uh, he he would walk around to the uh, rooms and try to convince people to go to the festival. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and he would uh, want the. Uh, uh, people at the nursing home to, hey, get a bus. Take these people out there. Let, 
Yeah. You let him see our festival. So the legacy of dad is just that he lived it day in and day out. And, and it wore off. It, it wore off on the people. They realized mm-hmm. the title Mr. Festival, and I'm proud to say it. Mm-hmm. And it, like I've told you before, it's not that he did any more. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was his life. And uh, uh, You were involved in um, um, the scholarship yes. program for a while with the festival. Yeah, for quite a while, I mean. What do the scholarships do for the young generations for Italian Americans, well, and especially with these festivals? Yeah, I, I hope it had some, and it has because the the current president was one of our early scholarship uh, recipients, mm-hmm. and he's given back so much. His name's Gary Peterson, mm-hmm. and uh, we needed more people. You were hoping that. That's how we could keep the legacy alive, too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Louis Mattachoni would always say, with this scholarship comes a responsibility. And the responsibility was to help us make the festival better. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of lost that a little bit. I hope we get back to it. But, but serving on that committee with, with the people I served with, Mr. Jeff, Ms. Jeffries and, and Tom Burnaby and... and uh, Dr. Pellegrino and Sam Coletti. God bless Sam Coletti. He's the... Yeah, I remember because when I interviewed for it, uh, Dr. Pellegrino um, and yourself were uh, interviewed me for right, it. Right, right. And, and I enjoyed the whole yeah. process of, of the interviews were... Sometimes we didn't care about grades. Yeah. We cared about the interview and what you really knew about our heritage and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, uh, how you presented yourself. But... Uh, uh, yeah, the the scholarship. I'd like to think it did a lot. I mean, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. Geez, like anything's better than nothing right. anymore these days. Right. Yeah, and, and I think a thousand dollars is substantial. Yeah, it, it will it will help in some way. I just wish more of the recipients were able to stay involved. And I had children involved who moved away, mm-hmm. so it was difficult. And I wish to, yeah. you know, we could. We could have done more, but we did our share. I think the the Lemo family in general, through the years, yeah. did, did a lot, as other families. But yeah. like, like I said, uh, the guy that's doing it now was one of our early recipients, and he he's given back tenfold, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. appreciate that from mm-hmm. him. So. Um, any interesting... Um stories that uh or something that stands out the with your notes that you took on your dad before we uh wrap up here uh, no i guess the thing i always remember is times going down to the northern italian club on sunday afternoon mm-hmm. after church and after grandma and the guys would be playing bocce and arguing politics uh It just just growing up in that time and, and and seeing the pride that he had in being an Italian woman. Uh, the representation. I have many memories like that too, where all uh, like just going in and where life's uh, simplest thing is argued out, like in a courtroom on the bocce court. You've got everything going. Nobody's saying anything wrong. And in the end, you all walk away friends because yeah. it, it's just, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, Italians are like they're wrestling around with their hands and arguing. No, that's that's all the love that you have. 
But if I remember anything for, about my father, it's mm-hmm. his love for life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I'm telling you, this guy woke up in the morning with a smile on his face. Not that he wouldn't get mad at some point, but he woke up ready to go. Uh, uh, Mom would say, go wake your father up in the morning when we would get up for school. Mm-hmm. And I'd go, pop, time to get up. And he'd go, okay, put his feet on the floor, and he was he'd ready to right go. Up. Yeah. And, and he he... He enjoyed the center of attention, but yet he did it in a way where you understood that yeah. the guy loved life. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and I think that's why he lived as long as he lived and how peaceful he died, which, uh, which I'll always remember. Well, I'm going to leave it with this from the wise man once said. Um, you can go ahead and pick one of, his, uh, one of your favorites out of there about what your dad once said to you. Well, the thing that everybody will remember about Dad was two things: don't don't take wooden nickels, <laughs> and don't grow old. Uh huh. And the first hundred years is the toughest. You know, if you can get by those first hundred years, you got it made. So those are the things I remember about him. But he had so many sayings that I have I have in this book, but. Uh, yeah, don't don't get old, don't don't get old. But I'd say, Pop, I don't like the uh, alternative, you know, to not getting old. You know? Yeah, you go, yeah. You're right, you know. So, well, thank you, Ron, well, for your time. You for- Honestly, um, you know, I'm glad I was able to finally catch you because Mr. <laughs> Festival um, is somebody who is a staple for this community, and that's one of my main goals is to always come back to this community. Yeah. And show what we have and what we can still offer. So, grazie mille for your time. <laughs> I always appreciate it. And, you know, and always appreciate coming over and uh, spending the moment with you guys as well. Well, thanks for thinking of Pop. No, I will always, you know, um, uh, something that I've picked up, it's like, uh, you have to remember people by their names. And if you don't remember them by their names, then their legacy is lost. Right. So you always, uh, I'm always trying to think of people who have left a lasting impact. Well, I appreciate what you're trying to do here, too. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Okay, guys, until next time, you can always find my podcast at Rediscovering Italian America. Ciao a tutti.